Hi, my name is Ozzy Jurok. I have the privilege of being the host of Ozbus, and we pride ourselves on inviting eclectic and highly successful people to our podcast. And today we are very privileged to have Janet LePage, the CEO of Eastern Wealth Capital, which is the largest international privately held investment group, which is focused exclusively on US multi-value, multi-family value-added properties, and the eighth largest private international multifamily buyer in the United States. Welcome, Janet. Thank you, Oz. Well, people may not know, this is our second event in, uh, in two years. And two years ago, we signed off by, I wish you very well. I wish that you grow, continue to grow into your future best self. And I wish you, a, you know, a living life large. My goodness, you took that ball and ran with it. You had about uh, 10,000 units at that time. And you had about a billion one or a billion two in real estate transactions under your belt. And since then, you have 2.7 billion in real estate transactions, second largest multifamily landlord in Phoenix. And guess what? You doubled the units from to 20,636 on an historical unit count. You're a machine. <laughs> I think my team is a machine, but uh, yes, we've we've had we've had good success. That's for sure. Well, that's the key. You have a, you have a great system of, of buying these buildings. Why don't you share some of the principles of, of that, that govern you? You know, it's funny. Um, you know, when this company started with just myself and and uh, uh, my co-founder Dave Steele. Uh, you know, there was the two of us. And when you look at the foundation and the decisions that we made and what we invested in, they haven't changed in seven years. There has not been a deviation. And I, I have reflected a lot on that during COVID, even on, you know, what changes we made or didn't make. And that foundation has stayed strong and exactly the same um, you know, decisions and fundamentals from day one. The, the, you know, the fundamentals are built in. People go where jobs grow. If there's a job, there's a, you know, somebody needs to fill it and therefore they need a bed to sleep in. Affordability. Um, you know, you can't replace uh, 1980s, 1990s construction with these high towers. It's not affordable. If you have a, a person working in a distribution center where think of what's happening in this world. I mean, that, how many people don't get an Amazon box a day? Those distribution centers. These are the type of um, highly employable, high growth um, sectors where that exactly matches um, our resident profile. And then we will take that and we buy a building, we infuse money into it, upgrade the units, install washers and dryers with a direct return on investment. It is a very black and white number. And so with our investment partners, it's very easy to explain, quantifiable. You touch it, you feel it. You repeat it over and over again in the cities that have the same economic makeup in migration, people moving there for jobs, they need homes, they need homes that are affordable and we can, we can supply those and we can make returns for our, our investment partners. Well, it's, and we have it's, done it's, that over 90 apartment buildings. I think we're at 96, 
So yes. 100 is coming. Well, it's obviously good to have a system, <laughs> right? You have the background, you have a system. system that you follow. I mean, you buy not the top A-class brand new building, you look for a building that needs your fine touch, like the washing machine and dryer. I think it's, it sounds so simple, but really, if I'm a lady with two kids, and you come to me and says, I'll put in a washing machine and dryer, will you pay $50 more a month? I'll wrestle my husband to the ground to make sure that he allows me to get that washing machine and dryer. But you also, when you buy a building, you do things right away. I think that's part of the secret. You have that 27 point checklist, right? So, so what's funny, Ozzy, is that 27 point checklist started as a 10 point checklist and today is a 52 point checklist. Okay. <laughs> so we didn't just double our number of units, we doubled our number of things. And, and really that, what, what came of that was that any small thing you do, like paint, paint your apartment complex, put in new landscaping, put in a sign, every one of those things makes the complex that a little bit nicer. But when you put all of those pieces together, it's a complete makeover. Think of when you walk into somebody who you haven't seen in 10 years, and if their hair is just different, you say, oh, your hair is different. But if they've lost weight, they've completely changed how they dress, their hair is different, they've had braces, um, you know, all of that, and you go, hey, I don't know that I recognize you. <laughs> and so the thesis to that is that you have to do all of that, and the quicker you do that punch is what draws in a new and different tenant base, resident base, that pays for that difference in quality and value. And we're able to offer that. So that 52-point checklist is really what's come our differentiator to our, our competition, because we talk about the hockey stick of increasing rents and changing who is renting within those properties that is wanting to pay for that increased, um, you know, upgrade and unit and washer and dryer. And it really doesn't, you don't go up your hockey stick until you have transformed the entire look. It's a makeover. If you talk about, you know, if you just paint your house or just change your flooring, it looks a little bit nicer. But when well, you do all of that at once, that's how you reposition for that increase. Well, I like your slogan where you say, we got your back. You know, that means that you don't just promise you're going to do something and then you don't do it. You actually do the things that you say you will. I mean, when, when you see a building, first of all, you change the signage. You know, it's that big yellow and black. You can drive through almost all, any city that you're in, whether it's Houston or Phoenix, and you say, oh, there's a Western Wealth Capital building. But tenants also feel the same way. Oh, that's a good company, right? Because they got my back. Well, and, and it's the little things like when I talk about, yes, there's a, there's the, the piece of increasing rents, but it's the combination, you know, um, nothing's changed since I think back to, um, you know, my children were, I want to say six months. I had one of them in a carrier and we're walking a property in the evening. We always check it out at night. What's it night? What's it like in the night? What's it like in the day? And all of the security lights are off. And I think to myself, I would never, ever walk to, from my car to my um, home. It's not safe. Or the sun is blaring and there's a playground. Well, that's all well and good. But there's no place for me to sit because there was no bench and there's no shade over that playground. So my children are going to be burned. Those are very, very small details. But I will tell you, those details are what make a home for a person. 
they feel safe. You do not have a home where you do not feel safe. You do not have a home where you do not feel pride. And so one of the other ways to create wealth as well, and when I talk about wealth, we're, we're creating a safe home for our residents. And, and that's wealth in and of itself because we're improving the lives of the people that live and work on our, our communities. But we're also creating wealth because they don't move. And their friends come and there's a community there. And when you don't have people moving out, you don't have the biggest expense you have in a, in a, is, is when people move out and you have to change the flooring, paint the walls, fix the blinds, all of those things we know when we go to buy, sell our house, you put in a bunch of money even before you put it on the market. It's probably the nicest time you ever own your house other than the first day you buy it, right? It's kind of like, wow, this looks amazing. Maybe I don't have to move. And so when people don't move and we call it turnover in the, in the market and you can bring that percentage down, you are saving a huge amount of money and exponentially growing the value of the investment while improving the lives of the people that work and live on our communities. Well, that's changing life and growing wealth at the same time is also one of your mantras, right? I mean, it's the whole idea also when you have a system, I as an investor feel good about that. I, I can understand that as you just explained it. You have a, every time you buy a new building, you have made all that experience on all the other buildings. And so it's much more likely to have success than not have success. Well, you know, it's funny, risk, right? We talk about risk in any type of investment you make. And one of the things that we've done is remove that risk or reduce that risk by replication. Because when you're repeating something that you know and do, you know, you're not walking in and saying, I don't know what the towel, towel bar costs. I don't know what it costs to bank a building. I don't know what it costs to put in a shade sale or think, you kidding me? We have a checklist. We only have two towel bars, the bigger, the small. I can tell you exactly what everything costs, exactly how long it takes to do it. And those are the factors that increase risk in an investment. And that is something we've been conscientious to do. I get endless opportunities of ways that Westmore Capital could, could purchase real estate, go into other opportunities, different sectors, um, you know, whether you go into res, uh, you know, retail or commercial or office space or do new construction. And, and, you know, with each one of those, of course, we analyze them and, and, and look at a new business development. But the truth is, that is an increased risk that has to have a return. We have specialized in a sector right. so that exactly our investment partners, I mean, they, re, they invest again and again because it's the exact same thing. And we're able to remove a level of risk because of a repetition. You know, repeatability creates scalability. We didn't go from, you know, the first 23 units to the 10,000 units, which is just a crazy goal to you know, 20,000 units, um, we did it because repeatability creates scalability and that was our business plan. And that reduces risk. It's the system it itself, if you stick to it, you're gonna get better at it and better at it. There's no question about it and you've proven it over and over again. And you have proven it with your investors, as you saw, see, they come back two or three times or four times, some of them. 20 times. <laughs> the idea of course also is that you have other things you do. You refinance whenever possible and then pay some of that money back to the investor already, even though he keeps the unit. Uh, how do you 
How did you do? How do you do that? Well, you know, it goes back to that hockey stick, right? So the quicker you increase the value of um, the property, um, you know, what's really great about the, the United States and, and the mortgages is that really they will um, approve a mortgage up to over 100% of your entire investment, like your equity, your down payment investment, because they do it off the value of the property at that time and how it's operating. So the quicker we hit the hockey stick, that increase in value, we go back and we show the improved um, uh, performance and we're able to refinance and retain and return. I mean, we've had properties where we've returned over 100% of the investment while still owning the property. Yeah. Um, we've gone back and, in, and refinanced them twice because it went up and it went up again yeah. and we didn't sell them yet because there was still more to grow. And that's really where our entire, we have an entire investment team that looks and constantly analyzes. When do we maximize that investment to sell it and return money, whether it's a refinance or a sale to our investment partners per our business plan? I mean, there's an entire sophisticated group i think back to you know we had two two employees and 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 today now and oh i think we're at 300 um between our property management company and you know our headquarters and i i you know i think to myself i remember the first um team member we hired and um just my angst around like can we afford this are, are we gonna be able to do this <laughs> To this point where come the end of the year, we will be about 600 um, team members strong. And it's pretty mind-boggling to wrap your, wrap your head around. Well, even more so that it, you did it through all kinds of markets, ups and downs, sideways and COVID. I mean, 32 of the 92 properties, you've sold them already with a 30% total average annualized return on equity. I mean, that's mind-boggling. And even in 2020, I mean, you know, look, 2020, everybody was forecasting the end of the world earlier in 2020, particularly in real estate, right? And yet you had a 4% cash on original equities distribution, even in 2020. And AT&T financing completed. I mean, like I said, are you human? I mean, are you, you are a machine. <laughs> I'm very human. Very human. <laughs> yeah as human as everyone else. But you also saw some opportunity this year where you could streamline your property management. Yes. So, you know, always in our strategy was at some point we would um, launch our own property management company. And it was a timing thing because when we were focusing on growth, we always wanted to balance purchasing the asset and focusing on the business plan and the property management company is, is another factor that has all of the human elements. And so as we grew, that was a strategic decision to say, let's focus on getting our core right. And we ended up being at about eight different property management relationships across our entire portfolio. And everyone does it a little bit differently. But what we learned from that is everyone has their strengths. Mm -hmm. It's like creating your own perfect husband or boyfriend, right? You mean people, you're like, oh, I like that they cook. Okay, that's a good dresser. I'm going to bring, oh, great dancer. I'm going to bring that in, right? 
And what happens is technology has exponentially changed. We all know that. We watch it everywhere. So with some of these larger management companies, they're stuck in more legacy systems because to make that change when you've committed to something 5, 10, 15 years ago, even three years ago, uh, it's, a, it's a challenging change, especially when they have so many other clients that have different demanding needs. And so part of us launching Western Wealth Communities was to build the best in breed of everything that we saw and had from the other parts and not be strapped by historical technology because the technology today is unbelievable. And when you layer in what's happened with COVID, the touchless need to meet people where they are, it's funny that the property management industry is very high touch. Oh, hi, if you want to come and see a unit, you need to come between nine and five while you're working, by the way, and we're going to talk and we're going to tour it together and we're going to touch each other. And then I'm going to give you a paper thing to fill out, which is your lease. And when you want to pay your rent, we can either draw it out of your account, which is the highest technology you have, or you can go and drop it off in the office. COVID hits. And quite frankly, you look at the millennial and even, not even the millennial, my mom is yeah. hardcore on her iPhone. The, what she can do at 73, it's yeah. impressive, right? So, so it's not, people are being held back by what the majority of property management is able to offer. So we were able to offer from day one, I said, let's meet our residents where they're at. Pay by text. We have people that pay by text. Immediately, we're able to say, come anytime up to 10 o'clock at night on a Sunday, on any day of the week. What they found was that the highest call volumes were before 8.30 in the morning and just after 4.30 because people are either starting work or ending work. Well, that's not the time that majority of your um, apartment complexes are actually um, staffed. So you can go online in our technology book a tour, never see anyone, get the code, go through. It's all virtual. You get to talk to someone the entire time, sign everything and never touch. Yeah. And so what it effectively did was allow us to interact with a much, much broader base because some people do want that high touch, but during COVID that wasn't even possible. Mm -hmm. So while other, other property management companies were having to innovate, we were able to just plug it in and go from day one. And that has been um, an unbelievable um, synergy with our entire organization. Uh, you know, we had decided we were going to go ahead with this and COVID hit. Yeah, in, in May last year. It, well, it was actually what, what normally would take about nine months yeah. um, to launch. We did it in 34 days from the decision to go. And you now, call it Western Wells community. Communities. And, and let me say, we've had, there was a lot of planning ahead of that. But when it hit and you needed to have these touchless ways to interact with people, the decision was either we stay with legacy or we go because we need to pe meet people where their needs are at. And uh, someone said, Janet, you're either crazy or brilliant. And I just remember looking at them and I, I sort of smiled and inside I was like, oh, 
brilliant is it? But time will tell. I said, time will tell. Sure. But I, we had the team in place. We had the expertise and we knew what our residents needed and we were able to provide that. And you've taken some 19 properties, some 6,200 units and at year end and approximately 152 people hired. So the system is working. So you're going to roll all of your units in there eventually. We have a strategy. It doesn't always make sense in every city. You have to be very, very clear. There's, there's a very clear strategy depending on the city, depending on the number of buildings you have. It's not a, there, there's nothing wrong with third party, third party management. We've had wild success. This adds to that. So in every um, city, it'll be a little bit different. I believe that, um, I believe that we are, we will have majority in health, but in certain cities and certain areas, there's a different strategy because it's whatever is in the best interest of that asset. Well, I think that certainly from an investment perspective, from a streamlining perspective, but what got me about you, why are you so successful also has to do with the way you feel about people in general. I mean, you do those 52 things because you want people to have a better life and you want them to be safe and you want them to feel good and be proud of where they live. And then you, you do some really nice things like your Christmas, uh, uh, in, in your buildings you give one rent three months. Uh, you know, that has got to be the only company in the world who does it your size. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, um, I, you know, I, I said at a speech, I think it was like when I was at top 40 under 40 for Canada, and it was the first time I'd admitted it out loud, but you know, when I was being raised, my mom did good and my dad made money. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that came clear to me, and I, I wouldn't say a day or time through this career that you can do good and make money. And there is an art to that. And when you figure that out, that means it's sustainable because you have groups that go out and just do good, but there's no economic sustainability to it. <clears throat> One of the things that is really important to us is being able to give back to our, our residents. Not only are you changing their lives, but the people that work, our team members that work on those properties every day and interact when they are able to offer a handout to the really the people that they have relationships with mm -hmm. they watch those struggles to have a connection where we really empower them to be able to give back that drives a work and a commitment and that ultimately increases the investment and it's a, it's a constant feeding win and people don't talk about this enough because you go, oh, you're a capitalist or you're, you're, and, and actually what it is is sustainably, truly improving lives all around. But the two flagship programs that we have are we've got your back where we make available to every child before they start school, a backpack with the school supplies required so they can start the first day of school on the right foot. And the other one is rent-free Christmas, where a family on each one of our properties um, is offered a hand up for the month of December where they do not have to pay rent. Um, and they can use that money to make a Christmas memory that otherwise they wouldn't be able to. Well, I think it's, you know, when we say it quickly, it has a free rent month. Well, what's, you know, what's the big deal? Well, 
since you started this, there's about $123,000 that have been given by way of rent that was donated to the individuals. And in your backpack program, some 6,240 backpacks, and there's $216,000. You know, you could say to your investors, might say, hey, how come you're giving this money away? No, this is an investment too, but it's an investment in people. Well, and you know, it's built a community that, you know, we go out, I, I call it the Western Wealth Capital Annual Tax, and we go out to our the brokers that sell us the properties, the mortgage brokers, our, our, our suppliers, we say, you know, it's, it's the annual tax and they, they don't, they actually love taking part in we've got your back. It's, it, 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 if the email was late this year, it was like, Janet, are you not doing this? Because everyone is invested in this amazing program. And I will tell you, it has differentiated us in winning apartment complexes because I didn't even appreciate how far it went um, on, on that feeling. And, and, you know, we don't put enough value in those moments of warming your heart. Days are long, they're full, they're busy. And to have a moment to take part in something that pulls at your heartstrings, yeah. it is a connection that we make with our broader community, our suppliers, and they go above and beyond in that relationship because that is a connection that differentiates us as well. And it goes again to that doing good, but yeah. it also is that other part and that's okay. And that's something that I have struggled to talk about out loud because I never want to take away. This was done because I saw a child on that first day of school not having a backpack. And I thought to myself, if we can't give these children the tools to show up confident for school, how will they ever learn? And we need them to learn because they are our future. Now, it came from a place of heart, but I saw how much it fed every other thing. And that's okay. 100%. I mean, you were telling the story about one of the buildings, the city councillors and the chief of police came by and they wanted to just tell you that when they see a black and yellow sign, they know that there's a building with heart and that they're going to have far fewer problems with the building that's owned by Western Wealth than any other. And so they come and make the point, you know, uh, and, and, uh, and they, they appreciate this feeling that you have for your people, no question about it. Yeah, that was a, that was a day. The mayor themselves coming, we just didn't know that difference. And in that, I know that part of our huge growth and success isn't just in the incredible talent on our team. That talent is married with heart because, you know, those days are hard. You know, the days that are hard, whether you're playing a sports game or whether you're just tired, you have to dig deep. And that dig deep comes from heart and that connection within our team that we know we're there to make a difference within the industry um, really is that that differentiate between showing up and pushing through. Um, it's not superhuman, it's a connection. Well, and, and again, it comes back to my mind, most companies are the person who leads the company. There's no question about it. I don't care whether it's, you know, Tesla's superstar or Amazon or Western Wealth Capital. It's the person that leads it. You set the example and people want a piece of that. They want to have a when I go to an investor meeting that you hold, 
there's excitement and they talk about these things. It's not all about exactly what was the return. And then of course, the return is more spectacular than what was expected anyways. So it's, it's just great to think, to have all that together. Now, one thing uh, you told me the last time that you were, you know, you're looking at certain things in your life that govern you personally. And you talked about these long days. And uh, I, I would love you to say it one more time. You have these three S's that you used to have when you started out. Uh, are you still using them? Oh, yeah. Yes. Sometimes there's probably one more swear word, but um, <laughs> three S's. You know, you know that I think your own worst enemy is inside of you. It's your doubt. It's that it's too hard. I'm too tired. I, I can't do it. And it's you know, I have these three S's, shut up, yeah. suck it up and show up. And I mean, there are days I literally, my list of why I can't, my gosh, I could write a novel on why I can't. And, and the truth is when you can, when you do, it is so worth yeah. telling it to shut up and, you know, and suck it up. I know you don't want to, I know you're scared. I know you're doubtful and show up because when you show up, the other side of show up is something that feeds your heart. It feels your soul. It feeds really something worth living for. Um, and so those three S's and sometimes the swear word will show up too, because I really have to tell myself to shut up. Um, it's, is, it's, it's part it's of your makeup though. Yeah, it's your makeup and that's, but you also understand you still have to balance a little bit. There comes that three-legged stool that you're using as an example. No? Yeah, you have to feed, you know, if you think about a three-legged stool, we have one at our, you know, within work where it's, a pillar is our team members. A pillar is our investment partners. A pillar, um, you know, is 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 the the community itself. And and I talk about the doing good and creating wealth. It's one circle. You cannot sit on a stool where a leg is shorter. In my own personal life, I think about the the steps that I have. I have my children and my marriage. I have. I have my health and well-being. Uh, once in a while, I have my girlfriends and wine. And, you know, these pieces all have to be fed and they're not equally fed. I remember one of my greatest mentors said um, back when, you know, I'm out fresh out of university. She goes, I don't balance that daily. She said, it may be monthly or quarterly, but it gets balanced. And that is something I remember looking at her like, what? You don't balance it once a week? Uh, and I don't balance it, but you have to balance it within a period of time or you will fall over if you don't focus on your health and mental, mental health and well-being. COVID was extremely terrifying for me, you know, and when it started, what does this mean? Is no one going to pay rent? Are we going to go into foreclosure on everything? Uh, you know, are my children going to be safe? Can I even wash groceries? Like it was on all levels of, of fear that I was not alone in this. Um, your mental well-being has to be nurtured. And I've appreciated that even more and more. That that stool is something that sits on my wall. It sits everywhere. You have to have that balance or you will fall. Well, it's the, the thing is uh, sometimes we work very, very hard. And then we say, oh, well, we're going to have a holiday. And then we never get to do that holiday. 
And then, so we don't believe ourselves anymore when we, when we work very hard again. So now, well, I'm not gonna ruin this inner. Anyways, you have to have that balance sometime down the road. And the craziest thing is when you sometimes take that, that day or that half a day to adjust yourself for your mental health, that's sometimes when the most brilliant ideas come to you because your mind is not continuously focused on having to do this certain thing now. I would say almost 90% of your greatest ahas come when you when you unplug. And you would say that too. You and I have talked about skiing, Ozzy, and how, yeah. uh, you know, when you're alone for those few minutes, and I couldn't agree more, I literally put into the calendar what I call think time, any quiet time. Actually, there's nothing to do in this time. It's called do not do, do not book. And it's empty. And sometimes it's filled with different things, but that emptiness is where you, you have energy for something that you don't know. Um, and on the other side of that, you will find solutions to your challenges. 100%. Uh, you have to create space for nothing. Well, and that's sort of certainly the mental health, but you're also physical health. You know, I mean, do you still do hot water, hot lemon water in the morning and vitamin D shots? And Every day I get up, you know, usually around five, two cups of hot water, lemon. The only time I, I deviate from that is if I'm in a hotel room where I don't have lemon, but I chug the water, um, you know, vitamin B shots. Uh, I have been very committed to exercise. What I found is I, it needs to be something I like. So tennis is something I actually like. I actually get some social thing out of it. I actually hate it's exercise. exercise. Yeah. But if I can do it well, you know, something that I really enjoy, I, sh I, I do that. But I will not wake up. I will do nothing before I drink my water. Um, and then I have a cup of tea. I make space. Uh, that is a routine that calms me, grounds me, and, and you know, you're up to fight another day. 100%. Well, the interesting thing is I, the only thing I don't like about it is this drinking of water. I mean, I think you should be drinking beer. I think then it's, it's like water, isn't it? <laughs> you can't drink the beer unless you hydrate. You know, about yeah. one o'clock in the afternoon, I, I chug an entire liter of water as well. Yeah. Um, and I might drink throughout the day, but my rule is I have to chug this because those are just two habits. And then I know no matter what I've done or if I dive into beer or anything, I've also hydrated. Hydration is such a big part of simple health. And, and you know, it's a simple habit. But once you have that fixed, I, I do believe that part of why I have energy is because I hydrate. It might be my number one thing. Don't do a lot yeah, of things, right? But great advice. It's great advice. You have to manage yourself. You have to know yourself. And one of your sayings was always that you manage your week, don't let your week manage you, right? And so you have to get all of these balances uh, in, in line. That's correct. The week before the week shows up. Uh, mine is at 2.15 on Thursdays. Myself, my assistant, and our house manager slash nanny have a call because it's not just about lining up my work life. It's also about lining up my home life. Don't, don't ever think that those two aren't one thing. They are completely one thing. And I was doing it in isolation. And I said, no, we need to have a group call. And that's fairly new and a game changer because the con connectivity is you're not one person. You are a mother, you are a daughter, you are a CEO, you are all of these things. You're a team member on a sports team. 
They all have to go together. That is one thing. And people try to segment it. That doesn't work. And that has been a new thing that I've introduced that between what I call pencil and penning. Pen means this won't change in my calendar. Pencil means it's not that important. We will do our best to make it happen, but we have to get through our priorities and that's penned. And so the three together is something that really is the true definition of the continuum of, of how life is. No question. No. Certainly you have a lot of all, you know, all the ducks in a row and in more ways than one. And certainly the business community in Canada and the United States has recognized a long time ago who they have in their midst because you were business of, in Vancouver's 40 under 40. Um, and that's a, the most amazing thing that a lot of the achievements came while you had two children and you're a baby. I mean, 40 under 40, I, I, I'm not sure that I'm allowed to say it, but you will be 40 this year sometime. So, but that was 2016, four years ago. And then you won the outstanding WorkClicko Canadian New Generation Award in 2017. Tell us a little bit about it. They flew you to Toronto and? Where they flew, yeah, Toronto was where the awards happened. And I mean, if anyone drinks Vuv, it was, I mean, they have, they host and honor uh like anything I've ever experienced. I mean, there was Vuv flying everywhere. Usually, you know, you'd have a glass. Yeah. I, there had to be hundreds of bottles everywhere around. I mean, I felt like I was in a dream. <laughs> but after they, you know, um, as part of that award, they flew the winners. I think there was 39 countries that flew and came together for three days um, in France and we learned from each other and we were all uh you know given um a vine uh in their you know in the Vauclico um they have a lot of vineyards but they have the one at their special countryside um um uh countryside home basically and and as you walk to the vines every vine row has a different country yeah. i mean whether it's iceland and Canada, Namibia, I mean, you, you name it. And so you walked, and so the Canadian line, I think it started uh, in the 70s. And as you walk, you see names and different names. And you can't help but just choke up as you walk ah, down these rows of powerful women. It was just... The one in Canada, there. you're there. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And that's also a long time ago. It's 2016. In 2017, you followed it up with the Entrepreneur of the Year Award for Real Estate and Construction. I was at that award function. You know, that was also a brilliant uh, achievement, you know, that, uh, that this fine company that chose you to win that particular award. Then in 2019, wasn't an after business of Vancouver's 40 under 14, you ended up with Canada's top 40 under 40. Yeah. Now, if you keep on taking all of these awards, what's left? 40 under 40, the, the world. I, I got three more months before that 40 under 40 is gone. So they've, they've been taken. But you also in 2019 had the RBC Canadian Women of Influence uh, winner, as well as the, which I find really astounding is the Freddie Mac Corporate Award, which gives you the premier status, you know, you recognize as a premier status buyer. That's the top 1% of all agency borrowers involved. We're talking Freddie Mac, multi-bazillion company, like our CMHC, only much bigger. Yeah. Amazing. 
that it was it was uh, very amazing. We um, another really really large uh, borrower in the U.S. Um, we were put up on the screen. And I didn't know, um, and the number one borrower was Blackstone, and the one we were number two, and number three was Starwood. And you know, you're 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 going up on a screen next to legends, yeah. and so often, quite frankly, our heads are down. I mean, there's such a commitment within our company for the growth and why we're there. We're there to show that you can create wealth and 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 change the lives um, of individuals. And and hopefully, the industry sees that you can do it this way. You can really actually care with heart and create wealth too, and that's okay. And so, to be put up on those screens next to the biggest and the best is just you, you lift your head and you go, what? Wow. So well, I'm quite sure that all the people that were there, they were saying, that's Janet LePage, the legend. You're a legend in your own making, no doubt about it. <laughs> Tell me, what, what do you see? I noticed that just like magic, you seem to be picking the, the areas that have spectacular growth. And you started in Phoenix, uh, one of my favorite cities, primarily because of you selling little houses in, in our club a hundred years ago, one at a time for very little return. And then mm -hmm. you parlayed that, but you picked Phoenix for a reason. You picked that area because if you like the city, people were moving there. And then you went into Texas. And like you said earlier, now Texas, Tesla is following you, Oracle is following you, Hewlett Packer is for tens of thousands of employees are going to Austin, Dallas and, and Houston. I, how, how do you feel about Texas and, and what, what states do you, do you still like? You know, we're going back to the fundamentals of where we invest. It's immigration. You know, people go where jobs grow. I mean, that's something you've said. Um, and it's really been a foundational piece of why we invest where we do. Because if there is an imbalance of supply and demand in housing, values increase. Sure. And if you can't rebuild what you have, values increase because there's a lack of supply. It doesn't matter what commodity it is in the world. When there's an imbalance, you have an increase. And so, you know, we have picked low-tax states. Why? Because businesses go there. Why? Because it's affordable to do business and therefore they're bringing jobs. You know, when you, when you, you know, one of the most followed reports that everyone talks about is the U-Haul report. And it's really a measure of over 2 million points of people who have, per, you know, rented a U-Haul in one destination and stopped in another. It's a one way, they're yeah. going somewhere. They're not going round trip. And all of the locations that we invest in have are in the top 10. Texas has been in top spot one and two since 2016. Right. Arizona, let me see, I think it's in point stop point five. Georgia 10, Florida number three. Florida's been in one and two um, for a number of years. And it is for the same reason, immigration for business. Yeah. And, you know, COVID is actually pushed even more so out of California. California has been number 48 or worse since 2016. Yeah. And this year they hit 50. Yeah. Um, that, that, that moving to where it's affordable to do business, because as any business owner knows, 
um, your, one of your biggest expenses is salary. And, and when you look at talent, if they can live somewhere where, you know, only 40 cents of every dollar they make goes to housing versus 75 or 80 cents, sure. they're moving there. So you're getting a talent pool draw and you're able to affordably do business. And that is what you see um, in Texas. And so our investment strategy is going to stay exactly how it has been. We're in Arizona, we're in Texas, we're in Georgia. We love Florida. We have watched it for a long time. I, you know, the next time we talk, I'm very confident that we will be there for these same fundamental reasons. We follow the same program. No question. And, and I think uh, Florida is getting an influx of people from New York and from all over the place. The high tax states go to lower tax states. And you identified that pretty, pretty early and all of your buildings are located in those areas where people are coming to. Janet, do you have any sort of a final advice to the viewers as to how they should conduct themselves or how positive they should be about their real estate investment? You know, it's funny. Um, no one predicted COVID. Like we talk about the black swan or, you know, that unpredictable event. Um, you know, when we're modeling and making predictions, they're on stats that we know, facts and data that we know. COVID was not in the mix. But what's come of it is, you know, you saw the stock market crash, you saw office and retail, you know, people working from home or working from anywhere completely transform. Talk about struggling hotels. Multifamily went from always being a great investment to, to like the golden child of the entire world. Yeah. The amount of money influx because, because of how well it fared. It didn't just welfare. It exponentially grew yeah. during this time, the amount of investment money from different areas. Then you have the drop in interest rates. We all know that when interest rates go down, hard assets, you're not making any money in bonds. Yeah. That comes in too. So... I feel incredibly fortunate where Western Wealth Capital is in an industry and a sector that has become the golden child through COVID and out of COVID. And with our expertise and presence in those markets, we're able to win off newcomers and other competitors for those great deals. Whereas these groups that are, have never been in, in multifamily, never even been in real estate, but they see how sure. good and strong and lack of risk investment it is, but we have a competitive advantage over them. And that is something that I couldn't predict, but I feel incredibly fortunate to be holding our space. Well, and I, the last time we talked, I did predict that go into your own future best and live life large. I'm almost ap apprehensive of wishing you the same thing. What are you gonna do? Four times the next time we talk? Janet, you're a marvel. You're a leader and uh, you're a person with heart. And I thank you so much for taking the time out of your enormously busy schedule to join us here at Ausgast.